0: women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello and welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. This is our path to power season. All the peas, and you're going to be hearing from some more peas, some more inspirational people who have featured on this year's Future and Power list. They are amazing. They are changemakers, trailblazers, individuals who are making a difference in and across their communities by challenging the norm and creating more inclusive cultures. And I love that each week there is so much that we are learning from our the season set of guests and we are gaining all that inspiration and advice to, to drive our professional and personal growth. And this week, I'm delighted to welcome Abigail Reed, who has combined her passion for culture and writing with her teaching experience and founded Rock Paper Write, which offers nature and activity-based creative writing workshops for children. Abigail, uh, welcome and congratulations on being on this year's
1: FutureList. Hello Simone and thank you so much for um well for the nomination uh to start with. To be on the future list and to be at the event was was wonderful. And that intro you gave was amazing. So I'm really privileged and proud to be here. Uh, and
0: it was great to see you. It was great to see you, um, Martina and Keisha, because I first met you gosh, several years ago. I think it was 20. You'd come, come along to an event that we were running out at NatWest on entrepreneurs. And I remember seeing this amazing group of women come on with big smiles, big enthusiasm. And I've been a, uh, you know, it's been a great, avid supporter and watcher of everything you've done since since that moment that we met. So um, thank you for joining me today. And you, you and I sort of have some kind of something in common in that we both started our careers in probably different ways than where we are now, but on the water. Uh, because you started as a beauty therapist on cruise ships. Tell us about that. What what were the key skills that you learned during that time, and what have
1: you brought forward with you? Well, well first of all, I absolutely loved my time working on the ships. Um, it it was very memorable. In fact, it is probably one of the best moments well, I won't say the best, but one of the best moments of of my life working on board. And people might not think there are transferable skills from being a beauty therapist to becoming a journalist or a teacher, but there are. Um, first of all, I just met so many people. I travelled to so many different places. Um, So you get to understand different people, learn about their lives. But I think most importantly, when I was thinking about this is, It gives you, especially in my role as a therapist, the chance to listen to people. And I think when we talk about communication skills, listening is often missed. But certainly when I was there doing body massages and facials, the opportunity to hear people's stories and for them to be able to talk and have, you know, an hour of your attention completely I think that in itself made people feel as good as as the massage did. Also, the teams, you will probably know this as well, from working on a ship, the people that you work amongst are really important. You're in such a close space with, you know, I shared a tiny cabin with another girl, but there were five of us on our team. And 27 years later, we are still firm friends because we work so well together values like respect and courtesy and valuing each other and you know just giving showing importance and um, appreciation of each other is something that I learned how how because I think I'm somebody that works very well on my own I wouldn't have said back then that I oh I not that I wouldn't work well in a team but that I looked forward to working in a team that completely changed the ball game for me working with these girls
0: and I think I think you make so many sort of acquaintances in your life but only so many friends and you it might go sort of offer decades that you will connect with them but there's there's something that binds you isn't there there's something that binds you that kind of keeps that kind of if you like camaraderie together um and what was it that made you decide to go into further education um, when you went, or higher education when you went to study at Manchester Med?
1: And what did you study? I studied English. And what made me leave? I honestly would never have left that job if I didn't want to go into higher education. When I left, they offered me the chance to come back as a manager. And it was very tempting. But I thought, if I come back for one more contract, I will never leave because I loved it so much, you'd be pushing me off in a Zimmer frame. So I wanted to study English because that's what I loved doing at school. I loved writing. I was always good at English. I always excelled. So I always knew if I went to uni, that's what I would study. So I came back to Manchester Met and my aim was to become a teacher. That's why I went to university. I, w- I was going to teach. I'd kind of outgrown beauty therapy. I wanted to I wanted to try something else. I wanted to use a bit more brain power in in what I was doing rather than my hands. So... You know, studying was always on the cards for me.
0: And you talk about writing, uh, you know, and but also you talked about, you know, in those hours when you were on the ship, uh, whether you were, you know, sort of giving a therapy or or giving a treatment. You talk about that—that the the beauty of listening, if you like. Do do you think that's where you know, and in your head, are are those stories forming? Because I think you and I both have a passion for that storytelling. You're a writing I like to give people a platform and a stage. But you think that writing was sort of part of your that future vision of of go I want to write about not necessarily those stories on the the therapy couch but you know that that is that where that writing sort of was sparked again to come back into into play
1: for you probably i mean i'm i'm writing a story all the time in my head as i'm driving down the road i don't know if other people do this if it's normal but i'm thinking that would make a good story that's a great title for a story i don't end up writing them all but they're all stored up here different ideas but Yeah, you certainly learn a lot from listening to other people and from hearing about their lives and what they've been through. And
0: the challenges, you know, you were relatively inexperienced writer um, and getting your voice in the head in the media. How did you overcome those challenges?
1: I think, Simone, I had youth on my side. I really didn't care. I didn't see challenges. Well, I saw challenges, but I didn't see them as obstacles that I couldn't overcome. And I don't think I ever thought that way. I think at the forefront of my mind then in my 20s was just like, right, what do I want to do next? Where do I want to be and how am I going to get there? Um, I suppose looking back in a way, I used to kind of beat myself up for not being career driven in terms of I want to work for this publication. I want to get out there. I want to be seen by this person. My main goal was to do exactly what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it and do all the things that I loved. So perhaps now, as we get older, sometimes we overthink things. Um, Now I might have those concerns on my head, but I'm so glad I did that when I was young, when I really didn't worry about that at all.
0: And how did you transition from that writer into an educator?
1: There were a few things that happened around the time. So transferring from Working, I was working comms at the time as a communications manager. So I was still writing for publications and for websites. Uh, but I felt like I needed a new challenge and I didn't know what that new challenge was. I kept thinking, well, you know, I'm a manager. I'll apply for another managerial position elsewhere. And every time I looked, I just wasn't inspired by anything that I saw. And every night I did the same thing. I took my laptop up onto my bed and I started looking around for different opportunities and then one night I came across Teach First and I just remember running downstairs with my laptop to my husband saying this is it this is what I want to do and what is it and I said it's an opportunity with teach first I can work in a school um, straight away I don't have to you know study at university and then go on to work I can do it all at the same time and then I went back upstairs and kind of reality setting and I was thinking well I've got two young children And they want me to do six weeks unpaid work. And they want me to spend time at a halls of residence in Warwick and leave my children. I can't do this. But I found a way through. And I have to say, Teach First were absolutely brilliant in supporting me. Once I explained to them, you know, because they they could have stationed me anywhere around the country. Uh, that, That was the rule once you got in. And I explained to them, you know, I've got two young children that would be really, really difficult. And they just said, we'll help you stay in Manchester. And not only did they help me stay in Manchester, they provided childcare for me whilst I was training. So we went off to Warwick with my daughter, who was three, and she would be on the back of my bike. We'd be cycling around the campus. I'd drop her off at nursery and then go into my lectures and pick her up at the end of the day. All the other teachers made a fuss of her. It was great. But they they were really supportive as an employer. Oh, that's amazing.
0: That's really good to hear, isn't it? You know, it's really positive. And tell me about the vision behind Rock
1: Paper Write. Well, when I went to work in the school, I imagined that teaching English would be my absolute favourite thing because, you know, I came from an English background and it wasn't. I enjoyed teaching maths and I thought, what's going on here? But I thought part of that was maybe the challenge because I'd never quite made it to top set in maths when I was at high school. I was always in second set and my maths teacher said, oh, you're an enigma. You appear to be able to do the work, but you never quite do it in the exams. So I stayed in second set. So when I started teaching and I had to learn all the stuff that I was teaching over again and I started to understand it, uh, teaching maths became really, really enjoyable. And then I sat down and thought, well, why aren't I enjoying teaching English? And it's because... All this excessive teaching of grammar in the curricula, I thought, I think just dulled the whole subject for me. You know, yes, it's important to teach children how to write a coherent sentence, but when you start pulling apart that sentence and explaining it and, you know, dissecting it, it then becomes boring. It was boring for me and it was boring for them. So in the, in the very last term, I thought, right, we're going to write adventure stories. And I took them on a virtual tour of Jamaica and we wrote virtual stories about Jamaica. We created displays. We sang the anthem. We watched children and adults going about doing usual things on YouTube. They even looked at my holiday pictures and then we invited their parents in. We ate the food. We listened to the music. They sang songs, everything. And the stories that they wrote, I used for my dissertation. They were amazing. So that was the first um, sort of cog in the wheel that went round in my head. The second was I was invited to the British Council for a creative conference in Turkey. And I met so many other creatives there, all enthusing about, you know, bringing creativity into the curriculum with children. And it was absolutely brilliant. It was the end of 2019, just before the start of uh, the pandemic and lockdown. And I just walked away buzzing, thinking, I know exactly what I want to do now. And the other thing was, again, going back to my time working in school, Teach First send us out to schools in disadvantaged areas. My class came back after the holidays and they had, you know, when I say, where did you go? What did you do? Um, It was well, we stayed at Nana's and we watched TV. They didn't have those kind of experiences that might inspire their writing. And I thought, wouldn't it be brilliant to give them those experiences, allow them to enjoy being outside, see and do other things, and then come back and write about it? Because, you know, that's exactly what my dad made me do when I was younger. We'd go out on day trips. We never had holidays. We'd go out on day trips to Wales or to Blackpool or to Liverpool because he's he had a friend working on the ships. And he'd say, right, tell me about your day. Write about it. And I think that's probably what inspired my love of writing initially. And I wanted to do that with other children. So that's where all of this came from. And you've
0: recently trained as a forest school instructor. Is that right? I
1: have, yeah. It was like a big playground for adults. <laughs> I loved it. During lockdown, I became a foster carer. And we fostered two babies initially. And of course, I had my own children at home. And people were struggling. I could see that. And my main thing, I didn't think about it too much at the time, about my reasons behind it. But I made us all get out every day. So we would go on the Pennine Trail We'd go on the path through Trafford Park, which were deserted at the time. I'd make sure that we got outside and we did something. And that made me realise how much being outside was great for our mental health. Because I'm so proud of my children and the way that they got through it. Um, because you know, a lot of people, like I say, were struggling at the time. And when we go back to the experiences that children need to inspire their writing, I thought, well if you are living in a disadvantaged area, those experiences don't need to be a trip abroad on an aeroplane. They don't need to be an expensive theme park. They could be at your local park. They could, I mean, right here, I live next to the Pennine Trail, next to all these canal paths, and they inspire me. And I thought, why not bring that inspiration? Why not take them there and let them be inspired by that?
0: And it is that outdoors, isn't it, that you create your own stories. You talked earlier on about every day you're in the car or walking along and you're building your own stories. And it's building that imagination into our young people. But, you know, what about adults in our busy lives? You know, do we take enough time being present in nature? You know, I think COVID made us, or the pandemic made us stop and look outside. But do you think that's gone away or do you think we do enough of that?
1: I think it's probably gone away for a lot of people hasn't it but um but you know i'm part of a a cycling group and they formed i think just after lockdown and we cycle regularly together a group of women and and the other day the question was asked do you think we should make it families and bring our children along and me who's got four children said no absolutely not Women need to get out there and do things for themselves. We need to enjoy being outside without having anybody else to look after. And everybody comes back for one of those cycling trips posting on our group saying how wonderful the day was, how wonderful it made them, made them feel. And all we did was get on our bikes and go somewhere and see something. But I really do have to sort of schedule it in and force myself to go. And and there's times when I'm thinking, I really need to catch up on this or I need to do something else. Maybe I should just cancel that for now and save it for, it will never happen if I do that. So I force myself to get out and do these things because I absolutely love them. And, and I go walking with friends when I can as well. But yeah, I really do think we should do it more. You, you know what? I'd love to see a group of adults in the woods playing TIG. We, it would be absolutely great. I keep saying to my friends, we should just go out there and do it. it. Doesn't matter who's watching us. Just go out there and have a laugh. I am absolutely in.
0: Yeah, I'm in. Tig, you're it, Abigail. You've got to make this happen. Oh, Abigail, thank you so so much for joining us today. What an amazing adventure! I can see how your story is just coming. You know, just on, constantly evolving and constantly developing. Please keep writing. Keep, please keep sharing these experiences and storytelling. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Simone.
0: And thanks all of you for listening. Remember, these are our amazing weekly episodes. Please do subscribe. Sign up to our power platform, our digital hub, where you can find out all about our events, our podcasts, our webinars, and you can connect. Uh, you can make connections. We've got over 7,500 individuals on this on this on our digital hub. So please do get involved and stay up to date on everything that's going on. Um, if you would like to join us on our mission of... Pre- and personal development and empowering each other and please do, we'd love you to leave a review as well. Thank you so much for listening, my name is Simone, this is the Northern Power Women podcast, and What Goes On Media production.